0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 3 of the Motivated Author Podcast. I'm Caroline Mitchell, your host, and whether you're a seasoned author or creating your first draft, this podcast is for you. Today I'll be diving into how you can come up with some amazing book ideas, as well as talking about author burnout and ways to guard against it. I've written over 20 best-selling novels, so you could say I'm not short of ideas. It's great to have you on board. Let's start with the million dollar or a pound question. Where do authors get their idea? Usually when authors are interviewed for podcasts, panels or blogs, it's the first question that they're asked. And that's fair enough because a lot of people starting out want to know the answer. You may have found yourself staring at a blank page, feeling like you've hit a creative roadblock and believe me, you're not alone. Firstly, don't be too hard on yourself. So many times I've heard people say, Oh, I'd love to write a book, but I can't come up with ideas. Well, imagination is something that can be developed no matter what age you are. I mean, as for me, I'm a professional daydreamer. I mean, Seriously, I spent most of my childhood daydreaming and I haven't stopped since. I didn't start writing until I was in my 40s. But when I think about it... I was kind of setting myself up for it all along. I grew up in the Irish countryside, as I said to people, in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) It's a beautiful place next to a canal, very scenic, but there wasn't a lot to do. I mean, I not only had imaginary friends, I had an imaginary horse and an imaginary dog. I remember I used to have this farm set, you know, these little plastic figures that kids play with back in the day before technology took over. I used to steal my brother's soldiers, those little green plastic soldiers, he used to have too and I worked through whole plot lines with the characters. I didn't just have Barbie dolls I mean to me these were fully fleshed out characters who had relationships with my brother's action man who let's face it is far more macho than Ken. I had a lot of cousins and my mother was always giving away my toys. I remember being gutted when I'd come home and find a key character missing because they were integral to my plot. Of course, I didn't word it like that. At the time, I was just a child. But I'd spent so long building these stories in my head, and next thing, one of my main characters had disappeared. Well, I guess that is what you call a plot twist, and you can always work a way around it. In school, I was much more interested in daydreaming than learning, and that is evidenced in my report cards, which did state on many occasions that Caroline has brains, but daydream is her middle name. But my point is that daydreaming can be much more productive than you think go for a walk bring your phone and when inspiration strikes make a voice note and by the way i got back in touch with that uh, school headmaster on facebook and posted him a copy of one of my best-selling novels he was so pleased to learn that my daydreaming ped off and i think he's reading them all now <laughs> but if you don't use your imagination a lot or naturally spend time daydreaming you can still develop it at any age just be patient it takes time Many authors draw from personal experiences when coming up for ideas for books. J.K. Rowling came up with the idea for Harry Potter during a train journey from Manchester to London's King Cross. Sitting on that train she began to imagine a young boy who didn't know that he was a wizard. I mean can you imagine the whole worlds that you could open up from that. You can also get great ideas by taking notice of the world around you or just staying updated on current events. Think about Margaret Atwood and The Handmaid's Tale, which was influenced by political and social movements at the time. It was that element of reality, though, wasn't it, that made it such a terrifying but equally gripping novel that took the world by storm. I know I've read the novel and I've watched it on TV and, I, you know, even now I still think about it. But it's not all rooted in reality. Stephanie Meyer, the author of Twilight, said that the idea for that story came to her in a dream. I actually love Twilight. Twilight is a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> I found it very entertaining. And I have to be honest, this whole thing of recording your dreams never worked for me. I used to keep a notebook by my bed and a pen But, you know, you'd have this great dream in the middle of the night or you'd be maybe just falling off to sleep. Sometimes that's when idea comes and you'd be like, oh, I've got to write this down. The poor husband would be woke up by a flash of light and frantically scribbling like a maniac. And then you fall asleep and then the morning light comes in and that next morning you think... Oh, I came up with a great idea last night. What was it? What was it? Oh, it's going to be my next bestseller. And you're thinking of all these awards you're going to win and uh, TV deals you're going to get for this next bestseller. And then you look at your piece of paper and it's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You can't even read the words because you're squinting and half asleep when you wrote them. And <laughs> even on the odd occasion that I could understand my ramblings, they were absolute rubbish. But you know, You might have better look than me, so don't give up with it. A word of warning, though, when it comes to ideas. As Stephen King says, choose to write stories that you'd like to live with for a while. Then get so immersed in your writing process that the outside world disappears. And that is the thing. It's not just about the story. So don't get too hung up about that in the beginning. It's about the world that you craft around it and the characters. I mean, many books are written using the same trope. And if you don't know what a trope is, it's basically a recurring theme or concept that we see over and over in literature. You could start writing a book with the most basic of tropes, but it's your characters and their subplots and the twists and turns that bring magic to your words. And that won't come straight away. That can be often when you're in the thick of a novel. I remember one novel I wrote Witness and it's a psychological thriller and I had finished that book. I was on the last chapter and then it was like bang, this twist came in and I was like, oh, you had that moment and you think, oh, oh yes, I have to write this. So then I had to go back all the way to the start and just weave it through the book. And it did make me laugh because I remember getting a comment once or a review saying well I knew I knew in the first three chapters what the ending was going to be and I thought well you knew more than me then because I didn't know till I wrote I got to the end I got to the last chapter so fair play to you you know you should write a book not me it is an example of how it works and that was a brilliant twist if I say so myself I was very very pleased with that twist and sometimes as you say don't get too hung up just start writing that idea and you might be surprised what comes in now, you're still kind of wondering about tropes. I'm going to give you a few romance tropes because I am a thriller author and I always tend to talk about thrillers and, and psych thrillers and crime thrillers. So really, really, I said to myself, you know, there's writers of other genres out there too. So some examples of common romance tropes are the friends to lovers tropes, enemies to lovers, forbidden love, the old billionaire, the secret identity or member of the royal family, The trope where they're stuck together, trapped in an elevator. My best friend's brother or sister, second chance lovers or soulmates who are, you know, meant to be together. I mean, you go and look on uh, Amazon, on the Kindle Top 100 charts and just see how many of those tropes you can identify. Or even Netflix, all of the romance ones, they all have similar tropes. So when it comes to ideas, don't get too hung up about it. As I said, it's the twists and turns that make it special and they will come to life as your characters develop and you get your novel underway. I know it sounds strange, but once you really get to know your characters, they will start talking to you. And sometimes they can surprise you. There's times when I dictate my novels just to get really good dialogue in. And dialogue is something that I'll cover later on. You know, I might just start with a seed of an idea. And then these people are having a conversation and it's going back and forth. And it might surprise you what they come out with. And I, I do always find dialogue more natural when I uh, talk it rather than type it. As long as they're not swearing too much. And then I have to silently stop and type if there's anyone else in the house. <laughs> Hence, it's easier not to have too many swear words in novels right now. We'll be discussing ideas in more depth in my new course, which will be coming soon. So do subscribe to updates on my site, carolinemitchell.co. And if you do that, you'll also get weekly author motivational emails too. And I will be your biggest cheerleader. I will keep you going when times get tough. So it is worth it. And I always put in little stories on my emails. So set aside time to brainstorm when you're hunting for ideas. These things shouldn't be rushed. I tend to come up with ideas quite quickly now. I'm very fortunate um, because I've been writing some time as well. And I almost have a backup of ideas in my head. So it's really good to have ideas. I mean, recently when I was submitting my latest novel, I submitted a few ideas. And I said, look, pick whichever one that takes your fancy and I will hone it and work on it. But just to have an idea, because sometimes your editor has something completely different in mind. And it's great when you get a good relationship with an editor because then they can choose, you know, what appeals to them. And it's not just about the idea. It's what will market well, what will fit well. If you've got existing novels, what your readers want, what's in fashion at the time, there's all sorts of considerations. So if you can train yourself to be good at coming up with ideas, it's a really, really valuable resource to have but if you can't don't worry it'll come in time but take your time another good tool for coming up with ideas are story prompts and writing exercises and they'll get your creative juices flowing and also i will be covering that as well then we have the what if technique so what if you won the lottery but accepting the money meant losing the love of your life Or what if you realize you're a serial killer, but didn't remember what you did? Now, these are just off the top of my head. But these what if scenarios can be so powerful and really boost your story. And as the great Stephen King said, pick a story that you are happy to spend time with because you're in it for the long run. So make sure it's something that interests you as well. And I often find if I get bogged down in my story, it's because I'm getting bored. And that's why I like to put in twists and turns. But equally, some of my stories are slower burns because I'm just enjoying the characters so much. I'm enjoying getting to know them. I'm enjoying their lives. I mean, The Islanders, which is my recent novel, is kind of a mixture of both. That's out in November. And I have looked at the reviews coming in on Goodreads, which is, uh, you know, people get sent early copies of my books to review. And I have noticed that in the reviews that people are saying, oh, it was a bit of a slow burn. But then there was a massive twist at the end because I love the characters so much. I just love their backstory. And I just sometimes I just fall into stories and I, I don't want to change it up too quickly. But it's satisfying enough that there are enough twists to keep the story moving. So. Go with what works for you. The main thing is to enjoy the process and not to put too much pressure on yourself because, oh, believe me, burnout is no fun I have been there and I'm fortunate enough I write for a living now, but it hasn't always been this way. And I know I've mentioned it in previous podcasts, but when I was working in the police, it was such a challenge. Finding time for everything. I'd get up at half five in the morning, I'd try to get some writing in, I'd commute to work, I'd work twelve hour shifts, I very, very demanding job. We didn't always get lunch breaks, it was literally grabbing a sandwich when you could on the go. The old crumbs on the keyboard so it was a tough job but I got a lot of satisfaction out of it and if I say so myself I was pretty good at it but it was the emotional and mental and physical toll it just took working and writing and having four kids at home and my mom died really suddenly and I just I just burnt out I just I had to take weeks off work I just everything just kind of came on top of me really quickly I never gave myself a day off and I was working really hard and then everything terrible, this terrible thing happened with my mom and it was just horrendous. So a burnout just kind of jumped up on me. It wasn't a gradual thing and it can sometimes do that. One minute you're writing and then a series of things can happen And you get emotionally and mentally exhausted. And it's just a dark place to go. I never let that happen again. I still work long hours, but I work for myself. It was a massive difference. If I need a day off, I'll take a day off. Even now, I have a couple of books on the go. I'm writing a book. I've got a a book deadline. I'm editing a book. I have uh, obviously this podcast and this business and this side of things, which I absolutely love. But again, I've often found myself working 11, 12 at night, I'm on social media. I'm doing everything myself and keeping the limited company going. And believe me, I'm not complaining in the least. I love what I do, but I have a lot on my plate. But you know what? By the time you listen to this podcast, hopefully all going well, I will be sunning myself on a lounge chair abroad because I've taken a few days off. I've just thought, you know what? I can get everything else done when I come back. I'm, I'm batching up what I can now I'm in advance, getting my socials and everything sorted. And the whole author business side of it is something we will discuss in future episodes. I have so much of that to share with you, but just to share right now, my personal experiences of burnout is it's a terrible place to be and you got to safeguard yourself and make sure you don't fall into that. And if you have people around you who can recognize that you need a little bit of self care, that is wonderful but sometimes you don't. And I truly understand that too. You have to look out for yourself, really. And you have to say to people, I just need a couple of days, a little bit of time off. And when I come back, I will feel great and I will feel amazing and I will do twice as much work. But if I keep going down this road, actually, that's not, that's very detrimental for my work. So I'm tired. I need a break. So don't be afraid to say this. And I know not everyone has the luxury of it being able to book a few days off and go abroad I understand that but there can be other ways to be kind to yourself and take some time off and do something nice something that relaxes you and it could be just getting into a habit of putting on a face mask and having a bath and just sitting in the bath watching Netflix because this kind of fatigue of burnout it doesn't Just vanish after a night's sleep. It saps your energy. It makes you miserable and snappy and leaves you feeling utterly exhausted. And a lot of people have so much going on. As I did at that time, I had things going on in my personal life, which hit me like a train. I had my work life and my home life and obviously trying to get my writing off the ground. And there's only so much you can do. (laughs) And that's what I say about writing. I know I I say to people, I'm kind of contradicting myself because I say write every day but I don't say write a a chapter every day I literally say just write a couple of hundred words a day I'd rather you write a small amount than really tire yourself out doing too much if you have a lot going on but if it gets to the points where it's all too much then just take a step back yeah take a walk breathe in some fresh air cook something nice read a book or get away for a few days it's not wasted time it's recuperation time Okay. Now, maybe you've not reached burnout, but you are feeling jaded by it all, or maybe your writing isn't going as well as you've hoped. So, the thing is to celebrate every small win. You've outlined a chapter. Yay, celebrate it. You wrote great dialogue. That's brilliant. You opened your manuscript and just read through it. That is progress. Every word you write or read is progress. Every sentence is a victory lap, and every paragraph is a medal as far as I'm concerned. I know, I know, I'm laying it on a bit thick here. But make a note of your progress. It's so important. I mean, sometimes we don't realize just how much we do until we write it down. And this is why I document my progress every single day. I take out my journal. I've got different journals for different things, different diaries for different things. But every day I'll write down, right, what have I done today? And I'm always surprised because I always think, oh, I haven't got enough done. But I'm always surprised because actually I've done more than I thought I would. So celebrate the small wins as you write a a book because they will accumulate into very large victories. And set your milestones and don't forget to reward yourself, even if it's just with something very small when you reach them. And the road to writing a book doesn't have to be a lonely track up a mountain. You've got online communities, writers' workshops, and even social media platforms like Twitter and Instagram. And fellow writers, don't forget me, (laughs) because I love hearing about writers on my socials. So share your journeys, the highs and the lows. Seek advice, offer advice. Be happy for the people around you when they have a win. That's very important as well because that good energy you're putting out will return to you and they will be there to celebrate your milestone and provide a shoulder when things aren't going as well as you've hoped. So listen to what your body is telling you. If you're feeling anxious or annoyed or irritable with the people around you, if people are getting on your nerves or if you're feeling so overtired that you can't sleep at night, or just can't concentrate during the day, there are things to look out for. Being attuned to your emotional and physical well-being is really crucial and it can affect not just you, but the people around you as well. Now, I can't recommend physical exercise enough. It is so good for your mental health. I mean, I meditate, I do spin classes on Peloton, I walk when I can, and I do yoga several times a week and it makes such a huge difference. Being an author is not a healthy profession. You're usually sitting down, hunched over, staring at a laptop or scaring at a screen at some point. I tend to write all throughout the day. So I bring my laptop, you know, I can sit on the sofa, which is really unhealthy to sit hunched over on a screen. I'm trying to change that, but it takes time when I have a lot on. So what I do in return is I do yoga and I get out and I stretch and I walk. So I highly recommend it because not only does it help you physically, but it actually helps you creatively as well. The process to write a book is a marathon, not a sprint. And it requires quite a lot out of you. It requires your time your emotional investment and of course your future hopes and dreams which is why it's so important to be kind to yourself during this tough but very rewarding journey you're not just a writing machine churning out words you're not chat gpt (laughs) you're a complex and beautiful human who deserves kindness understanding and breaks so take the pauses you need celebrate every tiny victory lean on your tribe and listen to yourself your stories are waiting and they need you happy and healthy to bring them to life that's it for today me lovelies i hope this podcast serves as a gentle reminder to treat yourself with the kindness and respect that you deserve you are writing a book which means you're blooming amazing how many people in this world actually get the courage to actually write a book. Well done to you. This is brilliant and this should be celebrated. Now, if you know of anyone else who could do with an injection of positivity, do them a favor and let them know about my site, carolinemitchell.co, where you can sign up to receive weekly motivational emails. Until next time, have a great week and happy writing.